Welcome everyone. The Bastards are back for this Wednesday edition of the podcast. We are brought to you in part by the Minute Media Podcast Network. I am Terry Cushman coming to you from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina by way of Wyndham, Maine. You can find me on Twitter at CushmanMLB. You can find the podcast account at Bastards underscore Boston. Joining us tonight from the city of Providence, Rhode Island, Charlie Smith. Charlie? As always, a huge pleasure. It's It almost feels like we're winning or something because we're doing this every single day, it feels like. But it's been an eventful last couple of days, and I'll let you explain why. And uh, it's it's been good for those that want to send me some love or hate or anything in between. Smith underscore MLB is where you can find me on Twitter. Very good. So normally the Hot Take Tuesday episode would have been released today, but as you guys know, we were kind of, you know, on the hunt for a new co-host, and uh, there was a lengthy process involved with that, but we finally have reached the end of it. So joining us tonight will be the uh, newest member of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Uh, We'll be joining one of the rotations. We don't know if it's the early week or the midweek yet, but it will be a permanent spot on one of those rotations. And he is Cody Paulson. Cody, how are you? Hey, everybody. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Good, good. So, a month ago, did you ever expect you would be in in the seat on, I don't want to say a top Red Sox podcast, but a, a pretty well-known Red Sox podcast in the market? Did, did you envision that this might be happening soon? Uh, to be honest, no. I can't say that I did, right? It's it's obviously a dream come true for anybody that loves the Sox to be able to hop into the audio space, create content with uh, some you know good guys that have great points and and just talk shop. This is you know you do this with your buddies when you're palling around when you're watching the game and and to be able to create content, interact with um, subscribers of the show is is just super exciting. Yeah, and for the audience, I usually don't thump my chest about our metrics over the course of a season, but uh, since the season is over, uh, I mean, it was a pretty successful one for us, despite the lack of success for the Red Sox. Our audience peaked at about uh, 10,000 listeners a month, and that was that generated about 27,000 downloads, so um, definitely a, a higher peak I've been saying all week, if, if Hein Bloom didn't suck at his job this year, you know, our metrics would probably be way higher than that. So, um, but it's been fun interacting with everyone. And uh, as lame as the last probably six or eight weeks have been, it, it is going to get a lot more exciting uh, coming up as um, transactions and roster decisions get made, hopefully some extensions with some key players. So there'll be uh, plenty plenty to talk about through the Christmas uh, season anyway. And uh, we got some playoffs coming up as well. So still my favorite uh, time of the year. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I love MLB playoffs. And it doesn't seem to matter if, if we're in, I mean, it does matter, but 
the 2016 postseason, even though we got tossed so early, one of my favorites of all time, Cubs in, Indians at the time. And uh, so hopefully we got some we got some juggernauts this year going in, you know, Dodgers, Mets, uh, the um, Braves are actually only two games behind uh, the Mets right now. And then you got the Astros on the other side and, of course, the, you know, the evil empire. But, uh, yeah, big month. So, all right. So, Cody, we, uh, we want to get you acquainted with the audience. And actually, before we get into the tough questions, and I'm being a little facetious with that, where are you from? What's your, what's your life story, uh, kind of in a nutshell? Yeah, uh, I grew up just outside of Jacksonville, Florida, a small town called Ponte Vedra Beach. Uh, went to school at Florida State University. Um, got a degree in sports psychology. I pursued that for a little while. Uh, didn't work out the way that I would have hoped. So I went back to school for a master's degree in data analytics. Um, and that brought me out to Houston, Texas to work for a consulting company, Capgemini. Um, All right. And um, you're not native to Boston. So what led you to the Red Sox? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, Growing up when I did, I was born in 1991, uh, a little bit of a nomad in terms of baseball fandom, uh, and, you know, in the outskirts of Jacksonville, Marlins and, and Rays, you know, either weren't existing or, you know, were just getting their, getting their feet wet. So, you know, Pavo baseball teams back then, uh, they like to emulate, you know, kind of the, the teams that you see in the MLB, right? So uh, our first travel team, they gave us, uh, you know, a Red Sox cap or, you know, some, some little league equivalent of it, but we were essentially the Red Sox and... I didn't have a team. I was looking for a home. I uh, loved the cap, fit great. Um, you know, and you started watching guys like Nomar and Movon and Pedro, and it's hard not to fall in love with, with a team like that. And it's, it's kind of stuck for me. And, you know, rain or shine, I'm, I'm going to watch the team. I'm going to try to watch as many of the 162 as I can. Um, and, you know, as you've mentioned, you know, about this season, right, a lot more, a lot more rain than shine, but I, I can't, can't seem to quit them. Being in Houston, is there ever – any animosity or patty cakes that that happens you know with uh that fan base because you must have some socks gear that you wear around oh yeah um you know i wouldn't say there's necessarily animosity um outside of 2018 they've kind of they kind of had our number um you mentioned you know that that 2016 postseason uh they they kind of got us up out of there pretty swiftly um, but I do like to needle them a little bit about, you know, the whole, uh, 2017 situation. So that makes for some, some interesting conversations to, to say the least, but it's all, all in good fun, all in jest. I mean, really at the end of the day, what is, what does it really matter if I tell somebody, you know, that, you know, I think his, his team did something shady, right? Like we have no control over, over the overall outcome of, of that scenario. I love talking to fans that have hats that are outer market and, but I find most of the time they have no clue what I'm talking about. Like they don't even know their own team. They're like, and it's like, so it's like, ah, oh, man, that's why I shouldn't talk to strangers. But anyway, so we got some, we got some questions for you. We just, we want the audience to be able to size you up and, and, uh, you know, get to know you a little bit. So Charlie has uh, a couple more than me. I'm going to try to sneak one more onto my list here, but go ahead. This is kind of going to be like the roast the host format that we did last winter. So if you're familiar with that, Cody is on the hot seat. Go ahead, Charlie. 
All right, Cody. Well, first and foremost, welcome to the crew. It's a, an absolute pleasure uh, getting to know you, hearing a little bit more about your story, and then also getting to see uh, you get grilled with questions you were not prepared for. And that's that's awesome. Like you did a great job. So welcome. First question, just like earlier, you're not prepared. You don't know what's coming. Favorite video game of all time? Ooh. Does it have to be baseball or just overall video game? Overall. Oh, no, no, no. Video game. Uh, okay. Overall video game. Um, I was a big fan of Super Smash Brothers, the original on the N64. Uh, played that all the time with my buddies growing up. Uh, we kind of created our own game where you had to do random characters. Um, and you're always, you know, rotating uh, the controllers, too. So it was never the same, you know, matchups, never the same teams, never the same opponents. Um, but if we're going to talk about baseball, I have to give a shout out to MLB 05, Manny Ramirez on the cover. That's That's got to be hands down the best baseball game in, in all the land, in my opinion. Wow. Okay. I know for me growing up, N64 was the way that was, I mean, did you play Nintendo, Terry, or no? Well, my system was the Super Nintendo. So one before Killer. that, and like Mario Kart was, I spent most of my childhood playing that game. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, the first video game I ever got was Star Fox 64, and I thought it was absolutely legendary. It came with the controller with the rumble pack, and I was like, all right, this thing is bitching. Awesome. Let's see how this goes. My favorite, I, I'm trying to think of, of, so I never got into Super Smash. I had a lot of friends okay. that got into it, but I never got into it. As far as favorite baseball game, because there was one for Nintendo 64, had one of my favorite baseball players on it, Ken Griffey Jr. It's Major League Baseball featuring Ken Griffey Jr., the original one that came out in 97. When he uh, when baseball starts up and he says call 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 me junior, I love that game. But there are some ways to fix it where you can completely fool the computer. There there are some some gaffes in it that I've I've found out because I played hours and hours and hours. I made Tim Wakefield strike out four hundred guys in one season. It was incredible. Um, but that's that's the first question. So we're going with Super Smash and then 05 Major League Baseball with uh, Manny on the cover. Terry, what's your first question? Well, let's start off easy. So, what is your favorite movie franchise to binge watch in a day? So, like, Lord of the Rings, Fast and the Furious. Like, which one are you picking to binge on? Um, I guess it would be, uh, I mean, does the Marvel Cinematic Universe count? Or is that is sure. that kind of too big of a franchise? That's fine. Yeah, um... I've always, you know, had a, had an eye towards a superhero fantasy uh, realm. It's kind of the one that stuck with me the most. I, I wasn't a big Lord of the Rings guy growing up. Um, you know, Harry Potter was obviously huge. Uh, but once we, you know, got the production quality um, that the MCU was able to put forth, you know, the attention to detail, the, um, uh, the little, um, like, end sequences and how they're able to fold in uh, nuggets for Easter eggs, excuse me, sorry, Easter eggs for, for future movies. I just thought it was all really, really well done. Um, you can kind of figure out which movie you kind of want to watch. Do you want to, you know, laugh a little bit more? Or you want something a little bit more serious? Do you want something that moves the plot line? I think it just offers uh, so much across the board. Um, you know, obviously having 25 plus movies now, it, it, it's pretty easy to, to figure out something to watch there. Very good. My, mine would be the born uh movies i just i'm a big matt damon guy and i don't know they were good though they were just on a couple days ago and uh born identity was on it's one of those movies it's like armageddon when it's on you can't not turn you can't not watch and you can't like just turn it off you always have to it's like you you know what's happening but you got to see what's happening 
It's like mm-hmm. that. What about uh, you, Charlie? Cool. Uh, favorite what? Movie franchise. franchise? Yeah. Oh, Fast and the Furious, hands down. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anything Fast. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love going. Uh, yeah, please. Uh, that's foreshadowing. So, um, <clears throat> next question. Worst speeding ticket? Oh. Uh, so, yeah, when I was in college, I've actually only gotten one speeding ticket. So, I guess this has to be the It was a bad one. Um, we'll say bad in the sense that. I will, I will fight on the hill that I don't deserve this speeding ticket, but anyways. Um, I was going down the hill, coming uh, on Tennessee Street in Tallahassee, and a bus passes me. And a motorcycle cop clicks me and tells me that I'm doing 15 over in like a school zone that had construction. It was 25 miles an hour. And I was like, my guy, there's no way I'm doing 40, 45 in here. This bus is ripping along down the hill like... I got to go teach a tennis clinic. I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything I can under the sun to, to try to get out of this ticket because I wasn't even speeding, right? I was just, I had all the time in the world to, to get to where I needed to go. Um, but yeah, they tagged me, I think for, yeah, like three bills and I had to do driver school and everything. It was, it was a mess. 300. Wow. Terry, yeah. what's, what's yours? Can you top that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I can top that one. Um, mine happened actually in Massachusetts. Uh, and I was doing, I think it was on 495 somewhere near Lowell and I got clocked doing uh 94 and a 65. Yeah. Ouch. Wow. Yeah. And it, I know that sounds bad and, and this is going to sound even dumber, but it's true. Uh, we were, we were going to, uh, Charlie, I got your keyboard going, um, I was uh, going to a cribbage tournament. That's like my nerdy hobby. I've mentioned that a few times on the show. Petey and Tito used to play it every day, apparently, in the clubhouse. But but anyway, so it was like 6 a.m. Uh, my friends like to stay up all night playing poker. I don't. I'm the designated sleeper, so I was driving. It was his vehicle. Nissan Altima, very wide, low to the ground, not like my Jeep Wrangler. And... Uh, all alone out there at 6 a.m. and I just wasn't paying attention and the Altima is so low to the ground stable and the cop he said he was following me for like I think it was two or three miles and then he's like screaming at me when he got to the door and I know it's it's not good to be you know an a-hole to a cop you're not going to get anywhere with that. And uh, so I that wasn't my strategy, but he still rung me up pretty good. The only thing, though, is he dropped my um, fine. Apparently in Massachusetts, the state trooper sets your fine. There's a minimum and a maximum. Maybe that's everywhere. I don't know. My only other speeding ticket was in 2003. But um, but he, he put all my fines down at the... At the um, state minimum and it was just one fine for 105 dollars so i uh i got i got pretty lucky i might have had the high score for the day on the uh mass bike there but boy you said it early too it's 6 a.m i set the tone for the rest of the day you know set the bar high i do feel like with ultimas you find yourself going like at least 10 miles an hour faster than you think you're going yeah, I mean, I knew I was speeding when I saw the blues. I, I thought he was going to tell me I was doing like 82 or 84. It was add, add exactly 10 to that, and that's what I was doing. Yeah. Charlie's got a, a bad one. Charlie is actually going to take the cake here in just a second. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to steal it, and you're never going to see it again. In fact, I can guarantee it that I probably stole two cakes, and you won't see that one either. <laughs> um, this was actually... Um, 
2020 on uh, 12 24. Give you a moment to think about what day of the year that is. And I got hit for a 103 and a 55 <laughs> at 708 in the morning. And the cop, who was a complete dick, uh, asked me if, uh, if I knew what the speed limit was. And I said, 65. He goes, uh, try 55. And I go, oh, okay. My bad. I'm sorry. Uh, he goes, do you know how fast you're going? I said, no. I'm on, I was cruise, control, cruise controlling. I was going 85. And um, he goes, yeah, you're going over 100. You almost blew the doors off my squad car. I said, I don't think I'd be blowing your doors off, sir. No disrespect. It's <laughs> raining and it's 7 o'clock in the morning and it's Christmas Eve. Do you think I'm trying to get to work right now? Really? So he slapped me with a $485 ticket that I tried to fight and it didn't get contested. It, I contested it and it didn't go anywhere. I was told after the fact, if I went to court, it would have gotten thrown out because apparently like, that's what happens in court. But $485, I still have the picture of it. I still have the... Actually, you know what? I think I have the paperwork for it in my room. Um, because I just... I don't think I'll ever get another one like that again. But I've been pulled over 50 times in my life. And I've only had two tickets. And what I used to do is record myself getting out of the tickets. I got uh, pulled over twice um, in the span of 12 hours when I was driving cross-country from Rhode Island to California. So I, I've done the cross-country thing five times. I've lived in multiple places, depending on work, wherever it takes me, that's where I go. Um, and in this particular circumstance, I got pulled over coming out of, uh, I was going through, I think it was the Herbert Hoover Tunnel in Colorado. And when you're going in, it's 40. When you're coming out, it's 25. So oh. for those that are out-of-staters, they don't know. So a cop hit me going 45 in a 25. So I got pulled over. So I originally pulled over. I had the car for four days. This car literally had 2,000 miles on it. It was brand new. And he pulls me over and he goes, you have your license and your registration. I go, I, I know I have it. I this is a new car. Like I just got it. He goes, I know you don't. All right. You don't have your, your registration or your license on you. That's, that's fine. I can run the plates. Clearly you have insurance if you're driving a car like this. And I was driving a brand new Mazda Miata like decked out. I just like, you know, when I worked in entertainment full time, that's what I blew my money on was like a really nice car which I ended up totaling 12 hours <laughs> later, 12 hours later, I got pulled over into, I, I got pulled over, I think in, um, God, I don't remember if it was, Nebra maybe it was Nebraska. Oh, it was Nebraska first. And then I got pulled over in Colorado and I, I just recorded the videos. I said, damn, I got pulled over again. Watch me get out of this ticket. And I did. So maybe it was God punishing me. And that's why I got a 485 spot. But on Christmas Eve, douchiest cop of all time definitely not going to be beat by anybody else they said that i had excessive speeding speeding reckless driving and like all this other stuff they should have cut my license in half towed my car and arrested me and i didn't get any of that and that apparently was my get out of jail free card because i didn't get any points on my license or anything like that so that's anybody incredible. knows me knows i like talking that's pretty incredible right but um, you got an uber yeah. when you're in colorado though just like moving forward, you got to stop driving in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really pretty in Colorado. Like it's really nice, and and uh, you know there are a lot of states that you know I, I took a different trip every single time when I was doing the cross country thing. And a lot of states there's really not much but like corn. There's nothing but mm -hmm. bullshit and corn. You know, excuse my language. Um, but uh, that's that's kind of it. You know, nothing against them. Colorado is absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous. 
I will Beautiful. always try to go through Colorado. Exactly. So I know this show is about you. I'm going to stop talking. Terry, I'm going to hand it back to you, sir. And you have the next question. No, no, we got to get that story in there. That's insane. I, I just want to add one super quick thing. State troopers are automatic tickets, I feel like. They're the only ones that have ever written me up. Because I've gotten tons of warnings, like Charlie, from local and county. But, yeah. All right. So... Uh, I got one more movie-related one, so sticking with that. What is your favorite Boston-themed movie, if you have one? Oh, Boston-themed movie. Uh, huh. Man. Uh... Uh, yeah, this is probably not going to be like the most popular. I, I thoroughly enjoyed Fever Pitch. Um, I think Jimmy Fallon's underrated funny in that. Um, he's just kind of quirky. Uh, I, I didn't like it at all when I first saw it. And I've kind of gone back and rewatched it as, as an adult. And I'm getting some of the jokes that just went way over my head as, as a kid. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, you fold in the, the great run that they had during, you know, the filming of that and, and the cutscenes there at the end of it. But um, yeah, we'll go, we'll go Fever Pitch. And, and that can be any Boston. That can be, it doesn't have to be sports. It can be any Boston. Correct. Movie. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it was like the, the town is also uh, Boston, That's right? It's, yeah. it's, whatever, it's whatever you want. Because I, yeah. I know what mine is. Well, um, what do you got there? Well, I'll stick with you, Rebecca. Terry, who do you have for your favorite Boston movie? Mine happens to be my, my favorite of all time, actually. And it's The Departed, which had uh, Matt Damon again, Leonardo DiCaprio. But really what made that movie epic more than anything was Jack Nicholson. And uh, yeah. yeah, I just like Are it. Are you listening to me? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I panicked. I, I put that one in, in New York in my brain because I uh, had that one up, right? It's got one of the greatest quotable lines in, in movie which history. Which one? Go ahead. Uh, with the cranberry juice in the bar, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. Right? It's so good. It's such a great movie. But I was like, oh, Wahlberg, it could be, but it might not be. I don't want to say it is and then it isn't. Oh. <laughs> My favorite line from that movie is he goes, I, I think you better call your mother and tell her you won't be home for supper, which means a raid, yeah, is, yeah. a raid is coming. And I'll text that to my friends, you know, if we got like the bases loaded against the Yankees. So I'll be like, you better tell your mother you won't be home for supper. <laughs> and the Red Sox hopefully clear the bases. But yeah. So, so I, I have a hybrid. So I have, I have two Boston movies. The Departed is one. I like that over the town. Nothing against it because they do they do some crazy stuff with the cathedral, but I I I, I just can't imagine mugging Fenway Park. That just seems that's that sacrilegious. Um, it's actually a hybrid of of Goodwill Hunting and The Departed. I love Robin Williams. I will always love Robin Williams. I don't care what people say about you know what was going on with him towards the end. One of the best actors of all time. I will always support that man. I will always support any film that he was in. So Goodwill Hunting, if anyone has not seen it, you've got to see it. But the part is good. Fever Pitch is good. Not bad choices. No love for Ted here, huh? That was a good one. It's, nah, it's up there. Nah. I, I think it's up there, but... Oh, I don't know. It, it, Ted, Ted over the departed? Oh, well, well over. No, I'm no. just saying, like... It's oh, in okay. my top three right. or four. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay, all right, that's different. All right, it's just coming back uh, to me how many movies are actually in Boston. Like, you you put me on the spot, I, I blanked. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good, you're good. Uh, all right, so favorite beer or cider? Ooh, um, okay, so we have this uh brewery out here, 
um, I want to say it's in Texas. Um, it's called the Manhattan Project, and they've got an IPA that is absolutely delightful. Um, it's a it's a more citrus based one um, as opposed to um, hazy or or uh, floral forward. Um, really great on a hot day, and you know we all know it gets really warm here in Houston. Uh, so that one just takes the edge off uh, tremendously. Um, I would have to go with that. Wasn't the original uh, Manhattan Project that was like one of the atom bombs, wasn't it? Am, correct. Am correct. Yeah, yeah, out in Arizona, and then eventually, obviously, overseas. I'm a, what about you guys? I'm a history geek. Down east, hard cider for me. Uh, you know, I'm a big cider guy. So uh, that's local to uh, New England, and uh, I miss it. Don't have it down here. You get the stupid ones like Angry Orchard, and uh, I, I think that's about all they have down here. But yeah, Downies, those are good. They just came out with a. Uh... It came out with a, um, it's like a six pack or four pack, excuse me. And it's two and two, or you can get an eight. Um, you just buy like two fours. You can mix and mix and match them, but they come out with four or five different flavors on them too. It's like the two of each or one of each. It's, it's actually really, really good. Um, mine's actually, uh, Ace's pineapple cider. Oh, so most people good. have not actually had that. And I thought, my God, cider sounds so dumb. These fruity cider things, I just, I don't know if I'm going to like it. And she, this, the, the waitress came up and she said, I'm going to bring a taster for four of them. And then you tell me which one you want. And I said, um, well, I, I might actually get a beer. She goes, honey, when you taste these, you're only going to have ciders from now on. She wasn't wrong. And I've just been a cider man ever since. Like, I, I don't remember the last time I had a beer. I really can't remember. It's either a mixed drink or it's one of those. So... Terry, remind me. I'll just send you some downies. I didn't know it was that. Oh, that well, family brings it down, though, when they come down. Yeah, she called you honey, though? She said, honey, yeah. I, yeah. I was delivering uh, to some of our customers uh, yesterday. I work for a battery distributor, and uh, the uh, the co-owner of the place called me Baby Doll. And this is in North Carolina, by the way, like way out in the you know middle of nowhere. So, yeah, that's what I got called. But yeah, nice. so I, I, you mentioned the pineapple. I, I gotta, I gotta throw it out there. I, I'm officially turning in my, my man card with this, but, uh, Mike's pineapple, uh, lemonade. Oh my goodness. Oh man. That stuff's dangerous. That's, that's it. You, you just did it. You, 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 you put it out there. Terry. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's fruity and it's girly, but whatever. Yeah. Who's up? All right. Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, it is you now. All right, here's a good one, and uh, Cody, you got to go all the way with this one because you got to maintain, you know, credibility with the audience. So, growing up, which one of your two parents was the most psycho? Oh man! Uh, all right, well, sorry, mom. Uh, yeah, it was it was absolutely my mother. Um, she, you know, um, part Taiwanese, uh, part Norwegian and Irish, and and she brought in the the Asian influence. Uh, so a little bit of a, a tiger mom situation, kind of growing up. Um, you know, very strict. Uh, had home homework. Uh, you know, I'm just going to preface this again. I'm sorry, mom. Um, but yeah, she she definitely uh, didn't quite understand uh, my lack of, of focus growing up. So we had our fair share of squabbles uh, over that, and I'm pretty sure I pushed all of her buttons. So a lot of it's on me, but uh, she, she was the one that would flip, flip a little bit more than my dad. That's for sure. So she was strict on like grades and all that, I assume. 
Yeah, grades, um, you know, behavior, making sure that I'm not, you know, acting a fool out in public. Um, you know, you name it, I, I'm sure we we probably covered it. <laughs> I noticed just from, you know, friends and whatnot, like a lot of, you know, people from Asian cultures are like grades are just extremely strict, you know, and parents are, are tough on their kids from, yeah, from what I, I understand. Mean, no, and you know it, it obviously comes from a great place, right? They want the best for us, and the the path to success is, is largely academics. Um, you know, all all growing up for me has really been is just realizing that my parents are right the entire time. Uh, so that's you know, <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she you know she she was on me for for my grades, and you know I'm I'm grateful for that. Um, and instilled a good a good work ethic. I I would like to believe at least. Uh, so you know, hopefully, we're just here making her proud. Yeah, my my mother as well was the most psycho, and I was you know I was a mouthy kid growing up and had problems with authority. And when she wouldn't just like hit us once, she would do like the windmill on us, and we'd get hit like four times in twenty seconds. You know, you wouldn't know which way's up and down. And yeah, but I I grew up in a good family. That was that was you know nineties when that the type of you know punishment was okay, but um. But yeah, so a couple of my brothers, you know, challenging too, but but uh we had a great childhood anyway. I wish my mother she does she's still around, but uh she would laugh her ass off if she just heard me uh go through that. But that's, yeah. That's that's the hope, right? <laughs> yeah, Charlie's uh Charlie's parents a little less psycho. Oh, do tell. Uh, well, I'll say this much. I think my, my mom is, my mom is, uh, you know, she, she did not grow up in the United States. So she's also, you know, I, I'm guessing Cody, your, your mom's not from, she wasn't born here in the U S no, she was born in Taiwan. Correct. She was born to So my mom was born in Portugal and then moved to Brazil when she was a couple months old in the United States, when she was 17. So we speak multiple languages in this house, which is awesome. Um, it's opened up a lot of doors and I always get the, whoa, you're, you're Brazil. You don't look Portuguese. You don't look that, which is always interesting because what does a Brazilian or a Portuguese person look like? It's really awkward. But my mom was super, super, uh, strict. We, we never saw drugs drinking. It was like Buddha. My parents mm -hmm. never put us in a situation where we ever saw anything toxic. It just wasn't around. I remember the first time I saw drugs i was like what is happening in the world first time i saw somebody drunk i remember like what again like what is this my parents were very very protective because my mom uh wanted to make sure that we were you know gonna grow up good kids and we made mistakes but for the most part under her eye under her watch we never messed up we never never messed up my dad my dad could be like screw you. I'd be like, you, you screw you, ma'am. And, and we're like totally cool, but it's just playful. If my mom just looks at me and she were to go, Charlie, uh, that's it. Like my mom, oh, you know, yeah. little, counting to three. Oh, you know, you knew before she had to say it. Correct. She would count to three. I never heard my mom say three. Nah. <laughs> my dad. Nah. Would count. Charlie, I think you're frozen. It's like up. that. Oh, so, uh, that, that's that I, I'm, I'm with you. So, Oh, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah, no. So, um, yeah, my mom is also pretty, pretty strict. It's all good. Yeah. We're better for it in the long run, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. So, You're up, that being said, next one, worst college... Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. I think he's having... Can you hear me okay? All right, perfect. So, worst college punishment or experience... 
Ooh. Uh, I mean, you know, I was I was a psychology major at Florida State University. Um, I don't I don't think there's many bad uh, college experiences uh, on that track. Um, I will say, uh, my first semester. Okay? <laughs> yeah, Charlie never has issues, so your connection I, I think is bad as what Sorry you're that. dealing with. But it's making me think that it's me, right? Whenever there's there's internet issues, you always look inward, or at least I do. No, his uh, his camera looks drunk, you know, so it's like in slow mo. <laughs> it started ironically, I think, on the beer question. Uh, too many ciders, right? Um, yeah, so I didn't necessarily have that many bad experiences in in college. Um, you know, everybody's been towed, parked in a place you shouldn't have been parked, or you know, didn't know that you know an apartment complex had visitor parking or or whatever. Uh, but my first semester in in college, um, we had I was in this philosophy class, and they made us do um, essays uh, as as part of the assignments. And um, you know, it was one of those things. You know, I, I wrote an essay. It was very clear to another person's essay in in the room, and the professor was adamant that um, one of us plagiarized the other, or one of us wrote the paper for the other. Didn't didn't let us get a word in edgewise. Didn't let us like talk to her about it. Gave us zeros and like wanted to take wanted to take us to the dean for like academic probation. And this was like my second assignment in college. Um, so that was that was a pretty uh, harrowing kind of start to to my collegiate career um, academically at least. Right? And, like I just I just wrote like my second college paper ever. Right? Like I had no idea what I was doing. I was trying to get through this philosophy class, um, and you know kept my nose clean obviously and had had no issues went on to graduate with no problems and never came up again but uh that was yeah that was uh, certainly a strange experience what about you guys i um was in the criminal justice program uh only in a community college so i i guess i didn't really um nothing really happened in college a couple of and to be clear i did not do anything uh illegal or egregious like i just wrote my paper <laughs> okay yeah i probably did some way to be so uh so badass right yeah me <laughs> oh no i i 100 did so i i was god i was such a problem person my god i've done so many bad things um so for me this is actually something i'm very open about because i i've i've been a you know i've, I've talked about it with some of my former students and as a former teacher it's important to help mold and and be like a responsible person but people have asked like oh did you ever drink before you were 21 yes i did what's the worst you got and went to the hospital really yeah so how bad did you get and i said well this is the way the story goes my friend and i uh were going shot for shot at a college party and um i had just gone into a really bad fight with my ex-girlfriend and um i said you know what let's just we'll, we'll start drinking and we we're going shot for shot shot for shot now mind you I'm like 120 pounds soaking wet in college. I'm a little dude, right? And my friend at the time was a former like lineman. So there you see is. this little white 120 pound dude and then black 280. And we were like mad tight. Mad. He's like, yo, Prof, come on, let's go get some beers in you. We need to make you forget about tonight. Da, da, da. Super supportive and everything. We didn't have any beers. All we had was liquor. So we were going shot for shot, shot for shot. Oh, man, I'm done. I'm done. I'm like, no, man, don't be a bitch. Come on. Let's lick, Let's keep going. Double, double. I woke up in a hospital, and that was it. So I, they, when I last counted, I was at 14 shots. Oh, boy. So, and I can't imagine you guys spread those out over any, any responsible period of time. Less than an hour. 
less yeah, than an hour of and course. a half. Yeah, and um, I when the uh, when they ran my or or actually did the the blood alcohol content level, I was at point three two three. Oh, so I was in really rough shape, and. Um, at the hospital, there were some uh, extracurriculars that were taking place, and they had to do one of those extracurriculars a second time because I decided in my infinite wisdom and drunkenness to remove it. So that was dumb. All right? <laughs> that is my worst college experience. I'm very frank and very open and honest. But the good thing about that was that none of my family members that were younger than me ever went through that again because they learned from my experience. It was awesome. It was great. But getting drunk into oblivion, my worst college experience. All right. This could be a fun one. Who will get divorced first? Harry and Megan or JLo and Ben? It's got to be JLo and ben. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, right? Correct. Okay, yeah, versus Harry and Meg, like the royal family? Yes. Okay, yeah, I mean, I feel like Harry at this point has, has stuck his neck out too much for for that relationship to just like one day be up and like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. Uh, so really, I guess it puts the ball in Megan's court if she decides that she's she's sick of it, where, you know, Ben and J-Lo, I mean, they've been on again, off again for however many times? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, it, this is at least their second go around. I think they were engaged once, tied the knot this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll pick J Lo and Ben. All right. I think that's a safe bet. I, I mean, I can't imagine a member or f- former member of royalty going getting you know getting a divorce. I just can't do it. Not now. Not after we lost the queen. No way. That, that would just be no. I agree with you guys. That one in. <laughs> I agree with you guys, but I'm I'm definitely rooting for Harry and Meghan. I just think it would be epic, and I love chaos. So I love I love that you love chaos. <laughs> uh, I, I love it. Um, all right, cool. So Cody, this is a two parter. Ready? Uh, what was your favorite candy growing up, and was that a candy that you would also eat at a movie theater? Yeah, uh, favorite candy growing up. Um... I, growing up, it was Skittles because the Sour Patch Kids didn't exist yet. Um, so yeah, I would I would crush some Skittles if I was allowed to have them at the movie theater. Um, obviously, you know uh, they were super expensive, so it wasn't uh, an often sought uh, after uh, movie delight. But yeah, I would absolutely wreck some Skittles and then just be on a sugar high and and just drive you know my my parents crazy. Or you know when I went by myself later, I would buy Skittles every time. Fantastic, Terry. What was yours? Well, mine would probably be the Three Musketeers bars, but um, did you guys actually buy the candy at the movie theaters, or did you go to the store first, you know, smuggle them in? Because that's what I would do. (laughs) Third of the price. Uh, There was no way that I was going to be spending like $5 for a small bag of Skittles when I could bring that box in. So Okay, yeah, agreed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that just wasn't happening. That was like, uh, Dad, can you put this in your pocket? I don't care what you have to do. Just hide it. Please, thank you. Love you. So um, I'll say this much. Um, my favorite candy growing up was a hybrid between Skittles and Starbursts that I did okay. not know were called Starbursts until I was 12 because I used to call them Strawbursts. 
Oh. I thought that's what they were called. And someone said, oh, I'm going to get some Starburst. And I said, oh, okay, cool. Um, is that, I wonder if that's like something similar to mine. And then I looked at the label and I said, holy crap. For years, I've been calling it the wrong thing and did not know. But you just had to sit on that realization, right? Like you couldn't be like. At 12. <laughs> you're in sixth grade not knowing that you were saying a candy wrong the entire time. And nobody corrected you. Like, thank you. All of you are jerks. Um, my favorite movie candy, though, is Skittles. Uh, and then Starburst got replaced by Sour Patch Kids. And I would suck on Sour Patch Kids until my tongue, like, hurt. And then I'd mm. crush popcorn and a soda. Popcorn uh, and Sour Patch Kids, great combination. Oh, huge. People put, like, chocolate, like, um, what are the chocolate balls that you get at the movie theaters? Oh, I uh, know what you're talking about. People milk would get the does. melted balls. Not milk does. There was another one... There Do they have the white of, sprinkles on them? Not snow caps. Okay, yeah. That's what no, there's another one, and the, they would melt on top of the popcorn because the popcorn was obviously hot, and you'd have chocolatey popcorn. And I thought that to be just kind of dirty. I like to put cinnamon on popcorn. I think that's fun. But that's that's like my segue with candy. Uh, Terry, was there was another question you had? Yeah, when you were saying how you were getting it wrong the whole time, this is unrelated, but I think it's hilarious. Um my last apartment before I moved down here to uh, South Carolina, I lived in it for like seven years and there was an old guy on the first floor and he'd been there for like 20 years and we introduced each other. He knew my name was Terry, but then suddenly one day he called, he started calling me Jeff and I'm like, Oh, he's just having a senior moment, but from, he never came off of it. That So for like, from that day forward, I was I was Jeff, and my girlfriend's like, "Well, why don't you correct him?" I'm like, "I can't. I've let it go too long. I, I have to be Jeff at this point." And so I, you know, Patrick in the basement, who we got along with until our dogs started fighting, and his was a pit bull, and he was an idiot about it. But I'm like Patrick. Um, I'm I'm Jeff. If Joe asks anything, I'm I'm Jeff. If he's talking anything at all, it's me. I'm like I, I just I can't correct him at this point. It's it's just too awkward, and I I just thought okay, early signs of dementia probably. He's in his early seventies. It makes sense. He's just gonna keep losing it. But it was just a brain fart that I could have corrected, and it it would have been fine after that. But so I you know I get the awkwardness, Charlie, of of your starbursts mishap. You're well, at 12 years old. Yeah, I didn't want to cut you off, but at 12, guys, that's sixth grade. That's pretty that's, bad. That's a formative age. That's too. a whiff. That's a, that's, yeah, that's a tough time to, that's, to make that's that realization. A, that's like an Aaron Judge swinging at the first slider from Brian Bayo and completely whiffing, like that bad. It was, it was bad. Um, Terry, what was your next one? This is uh, the last one I have. Um kind of a fun one uh if you were an mlb player walking into the batter's box what's your walk-up song Ooh, uh spirit in the sky by norman oh, greenbaum interesting i like that one it's on my yeah, playlist uh, yeah i mean i you know i think it's got uh you know it's obviously i think it was referenced what in um the longest yard right i, I think they play that in, in that so. movie yeah um, yeah, I mean, it's got, it's got a great beat to it, a great instrumental. If you don't want to go with the lyrics, um, which I, you know, I probably would plus I probably not, at bats not going to last that long anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I would have to go spirit in the sky. What about you guys? 
Mine would be uh, a snippet uh, from the the Top Gun theme, you know, with the guitar. I, you know, a twenty second snippet of that, and and that's what even before the sequel came out, I, that's always what I've wanted it to be. Like ten years ago, I'm like, that's that would be it for me, and uh, it would be so cool because if you hit a walk off, they could they could play it longer. You know what I mean? But absolutely, yeah, that would be mine. I think mine has changed throughout the years. Um, I know at one point, I don't know if I would want, uh, what would I have more of like a, like a, I want to, so I actually don't have so much of a killer walk up song as it's coming out of the bullpen song. Okay. Bullpen song would have been Adagio for Strings by DJ Tiesto. Walk up song would have been Remember the Name by Fort Minor. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, those those would probably be my two. Um, I don't know if... Uh, Terry, do you know Fort Minor or no? I'm a classic rock and mostly country guy. So, I'm, so I'm no, a little, that's a no. I'm a little challenged uh, with certain areas of pop culture. <laughs> yep. So uh, that that's that one. And then Adagio for Strings, that's like techno. So I'm a huge techno techno guy um and and that song is also um shifted around like coming up or out of the bullpen there's another song by um tokyo tears called burning and if you need a pump up song for when you're trying to get that like last rep in that's the jam you want on the radio that's the song i was listening to when i was allegedly going 100 miles an hour i think i may have been going a little (laughs) fast but not 100 fast that's just me i digress uh, is that me now? Are we shifting to me? Whatever you got left. Worst job, Cody. Uh, I worked wait staff at a retirement home for an hourly wage. Uh, yeah, so there were 16 tables, uh, four individuals to a table, um, preset meals. So that made it a little bit easier. Thankfully, I didn't have to, you know, like take orders and, and run that. But I had to memorize all the drink orders. Everybody sat at the same seat every day. Um, and they got they got a little gnarly with, with the food, right? Like, uh, you had to know, you know, if somebody liked peas or didn't like peas or, you know, wanted extra bread or, you know, butter instead of jam or, or, or whatever that was. Um, so I had to I had to do that for for an entire summer um, uh, before my freshman year of high school. Um, but you know, I was, there was a couple of guys there that were, you know, um, I think in their teens in like the twenties and thirties. So occasionally I would get to talk shop with them, um, you know, talk about baseball. And so that, that was super cool. Uh, but that was by far probably my worst job. What about you guys? My worst job was, it was either the summer of my junior year or maybe it was right after high school maybe right after graduation i don't remember but i I was detailing cars for a friend of a friend's little private car dealership they used to get their cars from auctions they were never great but but I, i i wasn't crazy about my boss and i was even less crazy about his mom who worked there and she kind of did the books and the financial stuff for when people bought the cars and it was just this disgusting job i'm cleaning these cars that have been repoed and probably used for like drug dealing and i, I didn't find anything crazy in them when i was cleaning them but i just i didn't like it and uh, i didn't like the people and um i think i 
might have lasted the summer. And uh, probably a year or two later, my my boss um, had a bunch of OUIs. I don't think he even had his license at the time, but finally got it back, decided one night, I'm going to the bar, I'm going to snort some Coke, get into a high-speed chase, and now he's dead. So, you know, they were, they were a shit show. The job was a shit show. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but you didn't see that one coming. Sure didn't. I'll Definitely wait, not. I'll wait tables, yeah. no problem. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. uh, for for me, it was the same thing. Was was waiting tables. I didn't mind waiting tables, but I found it to be kind of brutal when I'm busting my hind, um, and there were things that would kind of go awry, and somehow I'd get blamed for it, and that was ridiculous. Um, but it was a really good experience as far as like helping me remember as far as working in entertainment. Like when you have to remember lines, yeah, you can remember five five top that's pretty good without having to write anything down i used to always tell myself if i can remember four or five meals and drinks without messing anything up without having to write anything down that's got to be at least a 25 percent tip like you got this kid it's who's remembering yeah oh yeah and if you have repeat customers asking if they wanted the same thing again you'd think you'd get that and it was always a downer like i'd always be disappointed when i was like how the hell did i just get 10 percent? like what the hell just happened and then there were days where you get 40% for somebody who just whatever, like you, you didn't even go above and beyond, but they're still like, here you go. You're just a kid. Here's 40% tip, which is insane. One time that, that happened, I was blown away. I felt mm-hmm. bad taking it. It didn't feel right, but that, that was that. Uh, Terry, do you have any other ones? Cause I got a, I got a few. Keep going. Man. <laughs> Keep going. All right, man. Favorite non Red Sox player. I already know Terry's. Everybody Ooh. knows mine. Um, I mean, it's That's easy to say one. somebody like Otani. Uh, I think O'Neill Cruz on the Pirates is Ooh. hilarious and so entertaining to watch. Um, I don't want to be his first baseman. My guy, the guy's out by like five steps. You can throw it a little bit softer. I don't need one-on-one with tail coming at me from short. Um, and yeah, I mean, he, he puts balls, I, I believe it's Allegheny River, right? Uh, is it the Allegheny River? What are you talking about? Uh, the Pittsburgh, the the river in in Pittsburgh Stadium. It's the oh that I don't know. Either I way, can... he puts balls in the river on things that look like they'd be a fly out to to right. Um, and I mean they're just bombs. The guy's so entertaining to watch. I'm looking it up right now as we speak. PNC Park Allegheny River home runs. Yes, you are correct. Well done. Did not know that. Uh, all right, so that's that's a part one. And then, who is your favorite non-Red Sox player that is no longer playing? No longer playing. Um, hmm. Uh, I mean, you got to go Griffey, I think. Um, deep cut. Cargo and Colorado, I thought his swing was beautiful. Uh, the bat drop that was just natural for for both of them, for that matter. Uh, you know, lefty swings. Um, I would say either one of those guys. Okay, Terry, who's your who's your? Uh, I, I, we are. I oh god, this it sucks. I hate this. But who's? Yeah, here we go. Let's let's get this out of the way. I, I won't spend hardly any time on it. Uh, my favorite non Red Sox player is kind of is kind of local to Cody at the moment. Um, I've always been a big Justin Verlander guy. I just, I, just the cool factor, the swagger. Um, 
I think he's he's the greatest pitcher of the last twenty years. Certainly, I, I don't. I'm not as strong with uh, baseball history, um, but I gotta go with him. And I, I'm racking my brain uh, as far as I'm gonna give a really unpopular answer for my favorite player that's not playing anymore. Um, I just couldn't help but love the guy when, it, especially when it comes to grace and humility, and just the epitome of a great role model. And that's Mariano Rivera. That's I, mine. I just stole Charlie. That is mine. I just stole Charlie's. And one of my favorite moments was like literally right at the end of his career when. Girardi brings him in with one out to go in the eighth, and he's gonna only let him go two outs in the ninth. That way, he gets the curtain call. You know, if the game ends, everybody starts to leave. So, so, but Girardi doesn't go out to take the ball from him. He he sends out uh, Jeter and Pettit, and it was just such an emotional moment. And then I was rooting so hard for him to be the first unanimous, you know, Hall of Fame inductee and. No stupid Tampa writer, you know, messed it up. You know, they all put him in. So um, I'm going with Mariano. In my eyes, Ken Griffey Jr. and Mariano Rivera should have been the first two unanimous. It shouldn't have even been close. You know, yeah. it, it really shouldn't have. Um, so for for my, my two, so growing up as a kid, Ken Griffey Jr. was like God, more than Barry Bonds, more than Larry Walker, or even like, Pedro, Randy Johnson was incredible. Johnson um, was fun. Johnson was crazy. You had, you know, Trevor Hoffman, and then, um, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank on the other uh, left-handed reliever closer who was insane. He actually pitched for the Red Sox for like half a season. Was insane. Struck out two guys in inning. Um, what year was it? Oh, it's a little far back. He was a former closer, and then he came over as like a a setup guy, and I remember being super pumped because he struck everybody out. He only had like, I think he had 16 strikeouts in eight and a third innings. It was Hoffman was one guy, and there's another reliever at the same time. I think he played for the Braves. I, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but it was, uh, you know. It wasn't to, to John be, Rocker, was it? Nah, screw no, John Rocker. I was like, we can't be talking about the same guy. <laughs> John John Rocker was a head case. But, right. Uh, my, and, my favorite and a bad racist. Yeah. He, he, a lot he of problems there. Yeah. yeah, he had some some dumb moments. Um, my my favorite non Red Sox player, I think right now is is torn between um, Corbin Burns because I love Corbin Burns and Max Scherzer. I think that two eye the two eye color thing is that it's like hetero heterochromia heterochromia or I I don't know what it's called that the, the uh, two colored eyes hetero heterochromia i was right all right there we go um so that and then as far as former i mean oh my god former non-red Sox players it is so hard to not pick somebody like mariano rivera i mean he just he just every single time just made you look stupid with one pitch with one pitch no other part he threw a cutter that's literally it he threw other pitches but like not really you know like that that was it um and, and I, I found that to be, like, absolutely insane. Um, next. Wait, oh, I, got sorry, a, go. I got a funny story. And this speaks to my lack of uh, history, you know, going back, you know, beyond the 90s and whatever 
with baseball. See, I, I, I think I've said this on the podcast before, this story, but, um, but just for context, you know, I grew up in a NASCAR family, so I'm coming from the weirdest avenue into a podcast ever you know my i just come from a racing family and you know my dad's a, kind of a big celtics fan i kind of caught the end of the the bird McHale, robert parish you know era but but anyway so and i'm still not super great when it comes to baseball history if there's a documentary on i'll probably watch it but um but i was uh, working as a bellboy at a Marriott uh, in the Portland area, and it's probably in terms. It's not a ritzy hotel, but if if you had a top five list, it's probably on it. The Portland Harbor Hotel and the Regency are probably one and two. But anyway, so I get radio to the lobby. I wasn't up there like I should have been, and they're like, "Yes, this couple would like some help with their bags," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, no problem." So. I grabbed the the bell cart, and um, the gentleman's appeared to be at least in his early fifties. the The wife was probably about ten years younger. Super attractive lady. She was the chatty one, so that's the one I'm making small talk with, and you know, getting the the luggage on the cart and whatever. And we get in through the lobby and uh, into the elevator. And as the elevator door is closing, I see my coworker at the front desk, and he's looking at me with a furious look on his face. And, you know, I'm a troublemaker sometimes, so I, I clearly I did something. I had no idea what I did, but um, so we get up to their room. I get them situated, make sure the, you know, the thermostat's working, and I tell them, you know, anything you need, come find me. I know all the best bars, all the best restaurants, and uh, anything around the hotel, I'll take care of it. So they're like, yes, okay, thank you. So I go back down to the lobby to confront my coworker. I'm like, dude, what's your problem? And when you're the bellboy, you have to wear their stupid red jacket. It was like really embarrassing. If they ever sent me out in public, like the the bar manager would send me into like Hannaford to to get an alcohol that they just ran out of. I'm taking that stupid jacket off. I'm not getting caught dead in a public, you know. But anyway, so I'm like, dude, what is your problem? And he grabs me by that red jacket and he's shaking me like back and forth. And he goes, do you have any idea? as to who that was you just helped and uh i was like um actually no i don't (laughs) and he said that was dwight evans right fielder, way right fielder for the 1986 boston red sox and for the majority of the 80s so i whiffed on that one uh you know and that was around that that whole thing was like in 2009 2010 you know i'm obviously a little bit better now (laughs) with uh with that stuff but um but like i said baseball wasn't my first sport and and i uh, i whiffed i whiffed super nice guy and uh very... i think sometimes they appreciate that though right just yes. like somebody just like gets them along their way they're like that's hey, a you know. big whiff that's a <laughs> yeah. big whiff hands up yes but you know maybe it was like oh i didn't have to deal with the fanfare we got you know to where we needed to go we kept it moving that's so, like helping somebody out and being like do you know who that was no that was tom cruise who Dwight Evans in your Red Sox military. What the? I know. I just. It's, I'm not proud of it, but you know, it happened. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hide it. And everyone thinks it's hilarious because I'm a dumbass. But yeah. But to Cody's point, though, I, I always made it a point not to be annoying. We didn't have a ton of celebrities, but 
Willie Nelson stayed with us once, and he stayed on his bus because he likes to, you know, do some stuff that's, you know, shouldn't be happening in hotel rooms, you know, herbal-related stuff. But his sister, who was his piano player, you know, for much of his uh, career, stayed in the hotel. I was helping her, and I kind of had to waltz past him to get to the bus. I never said anything, you know, just a quick, hi, how are you? Miss America 2009. I think she was a controversial one. I can't remember why. Her uh, her name's Carrie Prejean, but she stayed with us, had to help her. Um, yeah, Third Eye Blind stayed with us. I'm not a big 90s, you know, alternative rock guy, but yeah, so I'm sure there's some others. Guy Fietti of the Food Network, I did help him, knew who he was, but... That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, he signed this thing for my mom because we were in the elevator going up to the, the luxury suite and I, I was like, I was like, sir, I was like, I'm not going to lie to you. I said, I don't watch a ton of Food Network, but my mom does. And when I'm over there, it's like pulling teeth to get the Red Sox on because she wants to watch Food Network. And he's like, oh, well, that should always win that battle. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then uh, when I was getting his stuff situated, he uh, he was, unbeknownst to me, he was filling out this thing for my mom. And uh, yeah, he had asked for her name a few minutes before and I didn't put together that he might do something like that but super nice guy though yeah those are the cool stories yeah anyway right on cool charlie and then um i don't believe we covered this one yet your favorite sports memory as a child baseball or otherwise oh um i'm guessing like as like a spectator we're on TV, I think, would be fun. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, growing up, uh, you know, my you know, my dad was a Braves fan. We we didn't have, like, um, the Turner Network or anything like that, so we didn't really get to watch much baseball. I think we watched more Cubs games than anything because somehow we got WGN in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, but we were a big tennis family. Um, and growing up, one of my favorite players was Gustavo Curtin out of Brazil, um, ironically. Um, you know, loud colors, the, uh, the yellow and the blue crazy hair. He just played with so much flair and so much passion. Uh, so, you know, he won Roland Garros three times and you could just see how much, how much the tournament meant to him. Um, and to, to be able to watch him win that, um, as a kid growing up playing a lot of tennis, uh, those are some of, you know, kind of like my favorite spectator moments. Um, I think, uh, the 07 ALCS, uh, coming back against Cleveland, um, you know, you kind of lived and died with every pitch in that in that series, uh, going down three one, coming back. JD Drew, um, you know, kind of putting us over the top there. Uh, that that would probably be a, a close second, if not, you know, first, definitely in baseball. One of them, baseball, many baseball memories. <laughs> Roland Garris, that's the French Open. Correct. Yeah. 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 Nadal like has a impossible record now. I would oh, think. It, How many yeah, has he won? I think- uh, 11 or 12 maybe <laughs> i think he's at 12 now yeah yeah he's I up should, there this, this is bad he's my he's my favorite tennis player oh is he yeah Federer just retired he he posted something on he, instagram that's what people are doing now now the like as far as like the this era of athletes as far as tennis goes rafa nadal is the next one um yep. andy murray is he retiring no, so he had a pretty significant hip injury. Um, right. He had some surgeries, but he's made his way back. He's in the top 50. Um, he's still kind of plugging away. He's not the formidable big four that he used to be, but he, right. he's still out on tour grinding, getting big wins. Yeah, he's trying. It's going to be weird when him, 
you know, Nadal is gone. Federer is, has elected to retire. Federer, actually, fun fact, I believe he has two sets of twins, which is wild and very, very rare, but always been a huge supporter of him. Um, then, you know, in tennis, you got Tiger Woods. When he retires, it's going to be weird. Formula One, it's going to be like when Lewis Hamilton retires. It's just going to be a weird era where we're going to be able to share stories about athletes. I'm finally starting to see what my dad was saying, like, oh, man, you miss seeing this person play mm -hmm. back in their heyday. And I'm going to be able to do that with my kids one day when it comes to sports that they're passionate about. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. That guy was garbage. Or, oh, that guy was ridiculous, super funny. Or I met him in person. Who knows? Mm -hmm. So, um, Rafa right, has cool. 14 French Opens, by the way. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Andy Roddick was my favorite player, and I know he wasn't. He only won, what, maybe one or two majors. Nearly beat Federer uh, in Wimbledon late in his career. Yeah. But 09 his, Wimbledon. Yeah. His, uh, but his interviews, I just appreciated the, the candidness. And, uh, he was, he was great. Yeah, I love that about him. But yeah, and my my favorite sports moment was uh, was beating the Yankees in '04. I just there was just something. I mean, obviously winning the World Series finally, but it was just so satisfying that mm -hmm. historic, you know, four game run we had that that's still never been done since, never been done before it. Uh, you know, yep. to be down three to nothing, I just that's my favorite. I so for me, it's loaded because. I, I am such a sports snob. I follow. Right, it's hard to pick one, right? I follow five habitually. Um, I follow the. I follow the Patriots. I follow uh, Formula One. I follow soccer. I follow. Um, you know, th those are, those are the three. But I I'm I'm following a lot of people and teams. And as far as sports moments, I'm thinking football. The Tom Brady return when you're down three touchdowns in the Super Bowl. That's one of the biggest of all time. Um, when Team USA scored in like the first minute when uh, Dempsey put it in the basket against, um, oh my God, Ghana. Because Ghana had sent us home twice and we scored the first minute. And that was the game when uh, Josie Altidore ended up, I'm, I'm pretty sure he pulled up um, and it, it just was, it wasn't good. Baseball favorite moment. Everyone's going to say like the David Ortiz grand slam. Uh, some people might now say, you know, Nate Evaldi's pitching performance. Um, for me, my favorite baseball moment was, um, I honestly, I think it's Pedro Martinez in perfect dominant form in the all-star game. When he did what he did, it was just remarkable. It, we'll never see another starting pitcher do that again. That's insane. That was 99, right? 99. Yeah. That was yeah, at Fenway? Yep. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, there's shirts made about that performance. I have one. That's, it was <laughs> insane. Yeah. Nava's home run, too, after the marathon was, was also pretty spectacular. Yes. Yeah. That was as well. My favorite like World Series call out of the four, this is never a popular one, but I really love the 2013 call when we won it at Fenway. And that was cool. Joe Buck screaming, you know, for the first time in 95 years. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. 
Well, 07, you had Joe Buck saying, ball game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. You like that one? That's I love that one. That's Because a- there's nothing, you're sticking it to the Yankees again. You just got don't like bone. You're a team, a team in your division, your rival just got their second world series title in four years. And you still haven't been to one grand two years ago, two years after that, they bought it in 09, but then the Red Sox won two more. So in the last 23 years, you've been to one world series. I think it's safe to say the dynasty's over. Yeah, exactly. My favorite thing about 07 is my, my well, first of all, my grandparents uh, were big Red Sox fans, and none of them made it to 04. Um, and the, my grandmother that was the most passionate died in uh, 2002, but she had Alzheimer's, so probably even if it did happen you know, in her last few years, she wouldn't have remembered it. But, but with 07... I, I went on to ESPN after it. I, I saw that whole game live and everything, but then I went on to ESPN, and they had the perfect title. It said, Twice in a Lifetime. And I just thought, man, I'm just so lucky to have seen it. And I just thought of my grandparents. I'm like, man, I wish they could have seen it. And, of course, you know, they had to live through the heartbreak of, of 1986. So it just, uh, I don't know. That, that's probably my favorite headline of all time. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, that is it, because otherwise I could just keep going, rattling <laughs> off questions and coming up with other ones. Terry, I'm, I think I'm good. This uh, 30 to 40 minute podcast is about to hit a, an hour and 10, so, um, but it goes quick. It goes quick. Cody. I would say it didn't feel like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or it didn't feel like an hour 10. It was very quick. <laughs> it's challenging to try to get them done because I told you, you know, we like to be around 60 minutes on one show, 30 or so on the next. And, uh, you know, it's just when you get deep into some hot topics going on, it's uh, certainly a challenge. So. We will wrap on that uh, tentatively. It will still be a normal show on Sunday with the normal crew. The rest of us will be back on Thursday of next week, I think it is, October 6th. So that's definitely the date. And we're going to do our playoff predictions, round-by-round, World Series winners, uh, and all that. Every host will will be on for that. So it's uh, always a fun show. More fun when the Red Sox are in it, but so be it. And uh, we will uh, catch you on Sunday. Take care. <laughs>